Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to All Stats Aren't We, a podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Tom Alderson and I'm joined by today by the leadership group of the podcast, Martin Riley, Tom Hostikundal and Jacob Stanbridge. They point and shout a lot, but are they really that effective? Only time will tell. Thank you for all for joining me. Uh, firstly, Jacob, welcome back to the pod after a while off. How are you doing? I am in a lot of physical pain, but I am in a lot of emotional bliss for seeing all of you wonderful people. How are you, Tom? I'm I'm good, thank you. Apart from I um I went to see Oppenheimer last night, and I've kind of had a bit of like an existential crisis since I've seen it. Just like the thought of like atomic bombs, so I'd like it really got to me. I don't know why it was. I found it quite like a stressful watch, but it was a good film. It just yeah, quite quite a stressful film. I found. Are you going to be seeing Barbie as well to sort of like balance it? Out? I really want to see Barbie, but like no one will go with me, so I'm not just. But like I can't go on my own to Barbie, can I? Like that's just. I've, I reckon hmm. you can if you just like really pink up. Nobody will care. Give it a lot. Give it a lot of energy, and you'll yeah. be fine. Oh, I can, I can give it a bit of energy <laughs> if I need that to. That is good. Yeah, Martin. What about you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I've been preparing some final things for, for my holiday, going to, away to Mallorca at the end of this week. So I've just um, been to buy some some beach-appropriate footwear because the only footwear I, I seem to own is either skate shoes or big boots. So I needed something a bit more beach-appropriate. So, yes, I've been to... Um, well, again, I'm going from, from Primark just to get some cheap beach shoes, which I'll, I'll never wear again. <laughs> They'll probably only last you till the end of the holiday as well, anyway. So most likely, most likely. I guess you'll be eating a lot of paella in Spain. Is that is that what you'll be doing? Well, it's all it's all ink what we've got. So whatever the hotel is serving, um, probably try out some local cuisines in the in the evening zone when we get a chance. And yeah, I'm looking forward to trying trying some of that. Not really tried anything proper, if authentically Spanish for a long time, since I went on a Spanish exchange trip when I was 15, which was also the last time I went out of the country. So we're talking like 23 years since I've been out of the country. So yes, that's, yeah, looking forward to it very much so. And regards to what I've eaten today, I've had a lazy McDonald's. I had um, shared a 
20 Nugget box with the, the misses. Very good. I had Adam McDonald's on Saturday. I, was, I, I did get some play at the cricket. If anyone listened to the last pod, I was worried about getting some play at the cricket. I managed to get 30 overs. wasn't the best 30 overs in the world, but it was better than what what I would have got on if I'd gone on Sunday. But yeah, I had a McDonald's after that because I was not in a fit state, I'll just say. Uh, finally, Hosty, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah, not. I I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. I haven't seen Barbie yet. It's in it's in all on my schedule. Um, I'm going away to Ireland at the end of the week as well, so I'm just trying to pack for that and make sure I've got everything. I'm taking my mum to where my grandma's from, so first time we've done that. Uh, but yeah, no, I binged the bear last yesterday, and that's also very uh, very high octane and that sort of thing as well. Very good. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on Oppenheimer is, if you are going to do them back-to-back, don't see Oppenheimer first, because it'll probably really ruin Barbie for you. Um, anyway, right, bit bit of news first before we get into the meat of the pod then. So, um, first thing, which is not Legion United news, it's all stats that we news. So, if any of you haven't spotted or not, haven't looked at our Twitter account today, or if you're listening to this pod and have somehow managed to see the miss the massive logo that you're looking at, uh, we've got a new logo, which uh, we'd just like to say thank you to Henry Cook, uh, one of John's friends who they both work at TIFO. That, just thank you for, uh, to Henry for making that for us. We really appreciate it. Legion United news now then. So, uh, friendly against Monaco on Saturday. Did any of you watch it? Or is this going to be quite a short section? I watched it. Nice. Thank you, Martin, for saving the section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you watch it, Tom? No, no, I was at the cricket. <laughs> so, uh, so am I the only one who's watched it then? Mm-hmm. I, I I watched half of it this morning, but I was very half awake. Fair, fair. Um, so I could just say whatever I want, and none of you could really argue with what I've got to say. Then that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I've no, not even I, watched the highlights yet. <laughs> no, um, thoughts come away from it. Um, Leo Hielde was fantastic. He's the first thing which I found in that game. He was just great in especially in the first half um i felt like he was doing a lot of things which just was really nice especially in a possession based style he wasn't just always looking to get the ball down the line he was holding up the ball well he was great out of possession as well and also archie gray really impressed me and he was fantastic alongside the new boy ampadu who also was great as well um they made a really good partnership you had Ampadu who was the one who was dropping deeper into the build up and going around the left centre back area and you had Archie Gray who was doing similar but he was actually going to the right back area at times um, to cover Luke Hailing who was getting further forward so we're already seeing the um, different sides of the full backs operating quite differently the right back being Ailing at the time was getting really high and wide and stretching play and Heldia was doing the opposite on the other side being deeper and getting more involved with build-up. So, yeah, there's a fair, fair few things to take take out from, from the game. Um, we couldn't really, weren't really very effective getting into their final third often, and we did struggle in that in that sense. Um, I think there's still some things to work out in that, but fair to Monaco, they were quite good out of possession. And they have one guy who this pod quite enjoys, which is uh, Mo Camera, and he was just on top form. So it's very hard to, to get by him at times, and he was just delightful in possession as well. But yeah, that's my thoughts on the Monaco friendly. With with um like some of that stuff with the final third, I I hadn't realised until I watched the bit that I did that we played with Dan James on the left and Sinny on the right. And to be honest, that really took me by surprise. I guess obviously pre-season's the time for me to be trying stuff out, but it just it felt like you were putting two people 
out of where they um where they're best suited although this does bring up like the thing that divides all stats aren't we podcasters the most which is what is dan james's best position bench because me and when me he's and on the pitch Tol- when he's on the yeah, pitch when he's on the pitch yeah. because toldo and i are very very vociferous aren't we yeah but definitely a right wing this is the only situation where right wing isn't it jacob <laughs> Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah, that's that was an interesting thing. Was that um, I think the reason for that is with Dan James when he's on the right, he's obviously going to be hugging the touchline a lot and trying to make most of his pace. And since on the right side you have Ailing, who was who, that's how Fark wants his right back to operate, is high and wide. He doesn't like having two players who are hugging the touchline on both sides. He wants to have just a one person. Um, sticking wide and not really coming close to aiding build-ups. That's the only thing I can think of as to why Dan James has played on the left. And yeah, Sinny wasn't the most impressive, to be honest. Um, it could be because of the side that he was on. I think he's probably best on the left. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he's just experimenting with things and trying out new things. That's what pre-season's for. And I think there's only so much you can take from pre-season, as we always say. Yeah. Have we got one more game in pre-season? Is it the Nottingham Forest one, have we got two more? We've played Hearts as well. Heart, oh, yeah. Hearts. Forgot the about Phil Hay Yeah, the Phil Hay derby. I actually did look at going at that just to have a bit of an excuse to have a trip to Edinburgh, but decided it was stupid to go go that far to watch Leeds United when it didn't actually mean anything. And and also, like, you're heading up to Edinburgh for inch time when Edinburgh just gets, like, the most expensive and populous place in the world to be. Yeah, I maybe should have just gone up for Edinburgh Fringe, really, and not, not gone up. Oh, no, that, that, that will, you won't have any money left at the end. Okay, I haven't got any money anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> Can't lose what I haven't got. Um, like last last bit of news, well, last bit of sort of discussion really before we get into the pod. So uh, transfers, incomings, and outgoings. I guess the the main one for an all stats aren't we perspective has been the sad loss of Adam Forshaw, who we all we all love and we will all miss his ability to pass the ball, and we will we'll have always had. That start of the was it the nineteen twenty season where we were absolutely amazing for about nine games before he got injured, which probably set the precedent for the rest of his time at Leeds United. Uh, does anyone want to say anything about Forshaw? He hasn't died, by the way. He just left. He just make it sound like he's died. <laughs> Be yeah, anyone want to say I anything? I feel like he's died. Yeah, <laughs> something has died inside you, hasn't it, Jacob? Well, I've been using hashtag Bring Back Adam Forshaw as my name on the Discord server ever since we said we were releasing him um, in the retained list. So, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now. Just keep it. <laughs> stick, stick, stick to your guns. You can bring him back at some point. I'm sure there's someone out there also thinking we should bring back Johnny Halson and Sam Byram or something. Oh, um, oh Sam Byram, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's something we should um, talk about briefly. Uh, the fact that Sam Byram was on, on the bench firstly and then he, then he came on as well. Um, I thought he did fine when he came on in, in the friendly. Um, it was... By, by the point he came on, we was already, I think, one goal down, and then we conceded again um, not long after he came on, I think. But it wasn't anything to do. I don't think it was him who was at fault for the goal, to be fair. that was just a very good header. Uh, people are trying to blame Melier when Kevin Volland scores a not point whatever really small XG header from just inside the box straight into the top corner. No, that's not a Melier bad way. You are fools, people. Not everything is his fault. I've seen, I've seen people wanting... Wanting him to be on his line, and I'm like, "How have you seen the rest of the play? Like, why would he ever be on his line at that point in in play?" I've seen that's the only only highlight I've seen is that goal because of someone saying that Melier should be catching that by being on his line, and I was just like, "Where where do you want him to be? If he's on his line, 
and that ball comes across his box and he doesn't come collect it originally, you're saying, what's he doing there as well? You're just trying to find faults. Agreed. Yeah, he had to be at, be, be off his line a little bit to deal with potential crosses that come close to him. That's just what goalkeepers do. And like I said, Voland was literally just inside the box when he hit that header. He just placed it perfectly right in the top corner. So it was just a really good header from a, a player who is really good at headers, funnily enough. When when Barham came on, Martin, where did where did he play? He played at left back. Okay, I just because I, I thought like, I've I've seen stuff about that, but not nothing concrete. But I guess it's because like if he was being signed as a right back, it was it's definitely a position we don't need. Whereas I don't know if he's if he's serviceable as a a left back along with Helder. Is that I guess that's well, okay. If he's back up and it's not going to be played that often, then I would be okay with it. He played a fair bit for not Norwich at left back last season. I think it was I think it was under uh, I think it was under Farker actually when he played those left back because Farker was the one who signed him at Norwich as well. Um, I didn't know if he played at all for Norwich last season to be fair, but I think Farker kind of saw him as a left back when he brought him in. Maybe he, that was where it started. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, maybe I'm, just, I'm misremembering when I had a quick look on his, his transfer market the other day, but yeah, he definitely played at left back, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was with Farker. Yeah, the bit that interested me was um, was the fact that he was in his old squad number. He was in 25. I, I don't know why that really made me think, oh, okay, yeah, we are signing him. We've given him his old squad number. <laughs> could be something in that, or it could just be nothing, but who knows? We'll see. And it'd be okay, like I say, if it was just both just a backup and then that money can be used elsewhere to spend more money elsewhere. That would, would be... Okay, I guess if we do bring up any, bring in anyone else before the season starts, yeah, spend money on no one else because that's what we've currently done. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the one of the other bits of transfer news is no other signings have come in. Um, are, we, are we expecting any more before the season starts? Before the Cardiff game, I think potentially one more before the season before the first game, potentially maybe next week, um, and then maybe a couple more after the first game, possibly. I think that's probably the most we'll get is one to three. I think that's a, about the ballpark, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, and then the, the only other bit of transfer news I think this week is Werber looks like he's going to leave because he was he was left out of the game against Monaco because of this transfer discussion. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, and Farkas mentioned it was about a transfer. That was the reason why he was left out. And then Phil Hayes also run the same thing. So it does seem like I think he's actually going to Farkas' old club as well. Um, Munch and Gladbach, that's, that's just a funny bit of thing. I, like, I wonder if they were interested in, in him when Farker was there, because the scouting teams usually do look at things long-term, so he may have been proposed to Farker, but who knows. New manager there, so it could be someone different who was just really, just sort of recently thought about signing him. But yeah, I don't think that's too much of a bad thing outgoing-wise. Uh, left centre-back, we are, are okay. We've, I, I want to stick with Pascal Strauch as the first choice left centre-back with Liam Cooper's backup. That's perfectly fine and acceptable to me. Also, Strout can play at right centre-back if needed. We saw that against Monaco. That's where he played. And he was, at, another thing I forgot to mention, he was he was very good, especially on the ball. He was carrying the ball more than normal with Strout, which was great to see. It's not something which he's really had in his game, but it seems like maybe he's been encouraged to do that more by Farker. And so that that was a really useful tool. So, and that, that was covered by... Ampadu dropping deeper when he got forward, so nice little interplay going between them. I found good stuff. Yeah, I can't, I'm definitely on on board with a uh, Pascal Strike redemption season, and yeah, definitely think we're covered at left uh, left centre back with Werber going. Should we get into the pod then? 
So uh, today we're going to be doing our annual under and over preview for the coming season. Um, if this is the first one that you, of this style of pod that you've listened to, then I will give it a bit of an explanation for you. So we'll pose a series of uh, prediction-based questions to all of the podders, and we'll keep track of all the answers. And at the end of the season, we'll look back and see how badly or how well we have done. So uh, an example of a question from last season was one of the, a question like this. So will Leeds United finish under or over last season's finish, with last season being the what, 2021 season in this case, uh, finishing position of 17th? So yeah, also under or over and then see... Okay, I guess, well, it was definitely under last year, as we all know. Um, so, yeah, Jacob, you are the reigning champion of this one. Twice the reigning champion, I believe. So, um, going trying to make it a free peak this year. I we guess we, I tried to get you not to come back, but you, you were very insistent in coming on. So, here we are. Well, hopefully, so one of us can knock you off your perch before your head gets as de- uh, big as Diego Lente after a Cruyff turn. Question one, then. Oh, that's a horrible person to be compared to. Yeah, well, you deserve oh, it for your a, smugness a cowardly, on that. cowardly man, if you will. Mm. <laughs> In, indeed. <laughs> very, very cowardly. Question, question one, then. So, will Leeds United's points tally be under or over the amount of points Leeds United accrued in Marcelo Bielsa's first championship season of 83 points? Jacob, as defending champion, I will give you the opportunity to open with this one. So I'm going to let everyone into a little secret about this game. The trick to winning this game has traditionally been be very negative because, of course, that's that's what's happened. And we've all been positive. We've all romanticised Patrick Bamford, all these kind of things. And then we're, we're too nice about the club and then you lose. So I've always been really negative and that's what's made me win. And so I'm going to stick to that and say that we will get fewer points. And th- th- my reasoning for that is particularly around, obviously, there's still a lot of questions to be answered. We still don't know who's going to play up front. We still don't know exactly the situation at left back, the the mix of profiles in midfield. There's a lot of things still up in the air. We still don't know if there's un- other players leaving as well. So negativity. Yeah, I guess in that Bielsa season, well, whilst we did fall off in the, the end, we did start incredibly well. Whereas, yeah, like I'd, like I'd agree with you, I don't think we're going to start very well this time. I think this could be still a massive turnover in the starting eleven and probably the squad. Too many contracts, so I'm I'm going to stick with you on this one, Jacob, and I'm going to say under as well. Martin Hosty, do either of you disagree? I do. Um, first of all, Ooh. I would I would question Jacob's point there about being negative. Are you saying that you was more negative than John? And in Darren. the previous oh, pods <laughs> and Darren in, in the uh, in the first <laughs> under and over that I won. John came last, and it's because he'd been too positive. Well, you would never expect to hear that. Um, John has certainly either changed, and maybe he was a lot more positive back then. I wonder why. Uh, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do disagree. I think we will get over 83 points. Um, I think it will only just be over. I do think that we've still got a very strong squad. I think that we will strengthen it in areas. I don't think we'll be good enough to run away with the league in first or second. We're not going to absolutely smash the figure which Bielsa put up. But I think we should be comfortable enough to be third in the league, which from last season in the championship, around 83 points was third. I think the second place team was on on like 91 points. So yeah, I, I think third is a decent target for us to be aiming for and playoffs. So yeah, over for me. Costy, uh, no, I'm I'm under, but in in a way, it's kind of like I'm under for the reasons that Martin's saying at the same time. Um, <laughs> so I had a look at like the past few seasons, and 83 points is 
just about always going to get you fourth at least. Um, and at, in some cases, it'll get you second. And I just think that we're not going to be consistent enough this year with everything that is changing. I think we're probably more going to be around 77 to 80. So we're going to be close, but not over. Love it. So three, three unders and one over from Martin. See, he's, he's making these amateur mistakes, isn't he, Jacob? Being too positive in his first go. However, if I'm right, I automatically have won a win over all three of you. So That is the metagaming answer. Yeah. Right, this is, the question two is quite linked to this then. So um, I'll come to you first on this, Martin. So question two is, under or over 50 games for Leeds this season? So I'm guessing you're saying over, and if it's over, probably more likely to be more towards automatics than playoffs, would you say? Well, first of all, it, it, does it include cup games as well as Leeds yes. games? Yeah, yes, yeah, I should make that clear. That's fine. Um, so that would only mean that we'd need to win four games in the cup to get to 50. And yeah. since I said third for the previous question... I have to say that we're, that we're betting on playoffs. So, yeah, I would say that we will get over 50 games. So you're saying we're getting the playoffs, getting at least two games there, so that's 48, and then winning in the Cup in one round? Uh, in fact, I mean, we'd only have to reach the playoffs and we make 50, so we'd only have to win one game in the Cups for that. And yeah. you'd hope that we beat Shrewsbury. 48. <laughs> yeah, but it's under or over 50. Yeah, but you beat you beat Shrewsbury and you've got an FA Cup game, you've had one, that's 50-51. Ah, yeah, yeah. So then you get 51 yeah. there. Whereas if you've lost in yeah. the Cubs, lost in the playoffs, you get bang on 50. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So Martin, you're saying over. And, and and you haven't put a, that we can say it's similar, it's got to be 49 or 51. So I am, I'm trying to tempt someone into saying exactly. That's that's exactly <laughs> what, that's basically what I'm trying to do here, but not that you're biting. Uh, Jacob, you agreed with Martin, didn't you? You said over. Yeah, well, I, I think just obviously by the fact that we've got that good fixture already in the cup uh, to go with, and you can be quietly co- well, I, you can't, it's Leeds United. I was going to say, it, you can be quietly confident about getting past early rounds of the FA Cup. Most teams with good players could be, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I would expect us to, to get to that point just off the, the cup games, immaterial of whether we get into the playoffs or not, which I also think we would. So you're That's over, awesome. Martin's over. Hosty, you're, you're over as well? I'm over, but I am bang on 51. Yeah. Cool. See, if if I wasn't so desperate to beat Jacob this year, I would say exactly, because I would say, I just think it'd be quite funny. But that's never served me well in the past, so I'm going to say over as well. So yeah, we're all kind of, I think, I think yeah, if we hadn't played Shrewsbury in the first round, I think we were more likely to get perhaps knocked out. We might still get, we've, we've done some stupid stuff in the first round of the League Cup before, haven't we? So easily done and we could get automatics and make this even more difficult Charlie Crew on goal <laughs> question three then so it seems like we're all predicting around I don't know 77 to just over 83 points so with that in mind what happens first sustained calls for Daniel Farker to be sacked or another championship side sacks their manager Hosty you can start on this one yeah I think another side probably sacks their manager and I'd probably go out on a limb and say it's probably going to be someone like Sheffield Wednesday. Like, <laughs> Cisco's going to not win six games or something at the start and then he's going to be sacked. Fair enough. Jacob, you agree? Yeah. And it's just because there's there's a lot of teams who already bring in like baggage and things coming into the season and stuff. And so it, it's very, very feasible to me that someone makes a decision early on. And I think Farker will be given time, like, 
whether the fans will give him as much patience as he maybe should in the circumstances is one question, but I think the board are likely to give him at least a good stay of time, uh, certainly more than somebody else going. I guess, though, like even if the board give him time, well, there might still be sustained calls from the fans, but do you, do you think there's like goodwill there from the what the takeover going on, like the late the late transfer, the turn of it? Like, you think there's, the fans will give him enough time before someone's I think it'll be pockets, it won't be sustained. Yeah, we've never ever defined what sustained means, badly, but we'll see. I'm not even sure it would. No, no, I think I think you're right. I think it's like he it would have. Well, we'd have to go very badly for someone to be calling him out that early, wouldn't you? What about you, Martin? On this one, uh, same. I, I think another side will probably sack their manager. Um, I think there's more sides who have got more against them than what, what we have now. We've got a lot which we've got to contend with, but we also still do have a pretty strong squad, especially in our attack. Um, you've got to say if our attack's probably one of the best in the league and that will, by itself should carry us through and Fark shouldn't face sustained calls, I don't think. Yep, I will also agree on that one. So we're very much even so far. Question four then. So which will be higher, the amount of penalties Leeds concede or the number of penalties given? So Martin, I think you suggested there that we'll be quite an attacking side. So I'm guessing you're leading more one way on this one or are you not? Um... What did I say for this one? I'm trying to get my notes back up. Bear with me a second. Um, yeah, I think that Leeds will concede more penalties. Um, I don't really have too much logic behind that, other than I just think that's what likes to happen. I think there's not, there's not. I don't think Leeds will will concede too many massive chances, but I think we'll just end up conceding penalties more. Some of our defenders can be quite aggro. And that can quite often lead to penalties being being awarded when they don't need to, when they jump in. It's possible that we do see some young players around the defence as well with um, Yelde in there. Even though I love Yelde, it's always possible for a, a young player to give away a penalty. So I, I think that it will be us conceding more. Jacob, do you agree? No, I, I'm going the other way with this one. I th- I think. The thing that particularly swings it for me, as well as like just the nature of our play style, is like the actual, like the skill sets of our forwards. A lot of them are like people who will take guys on, and if we're going to have a lot of the ball and be probing and trying to find ways into the box and things, it seems that quite natural that those are the kind of things that can draw fouls. And and so I, I would imagine that we would we would concede more. No, the other way that we would concede fewer than we will win. Yeah, yeah, win more, concede fewer. Um, I'm, I'm going to agree on that one because I just think we'll be a more attacking side in the division so we'll end up getting more penalties just through our natural style of play well, that's my hope anyway Hostie what about you? Uh, yeah no I agree I think we'll win more I think part of it will also be now that we're a Prem team that have come down we might just see that little bit of bias at people there isn't ever any bias obviously in penalties but you do see that teams are going to shut up shop a bit more I guess the other way around if a if a ball hits a hand, it might be given more due to that ex-prem feel as well. That makes sense then. So three of us are going for Leeds winning more penalties and Martin, you're going for more penalties against Leeds. Is that right? Yep. Cool. On it. Playing the differential game. Yeah. He's... Not intentionally. I, I, I didn't no. even know anyone's answer us, but it's just worked out that way. <laughs> on, a, on a similar note then, so question five is, will the amount of set-piece goals conceded be over or under the amount of set-piece goals scored. Hostie, what do you think on this one? Uh, conceded. Um, I think, we did we concede two goals that were headers at least on Saturday? At least, obviously, there was one. One um, penalty. 
Oh, one was a penalty, right. <laughs> I mean, so we've already conceded one penalty. Um, yeah, I just think we haven't really brought anyone in who's going to make any difference in the attacking sense for us to score more. And we haven't brought anyone in. I mean, I know Ampadu's got quite a good frame and he's quite good at uh, winning the ball in the air, but that's one player. We haven't brought in any other centre-backs who can really do that. But Hostie, we've got Sam Greenwood's corners. Oh, yeah, we've got great delivery, um, but we've got no one to get on the end of him. Well, it just takes direct free kicks. Does that count as set-piece goal scored? Oh, yes, it does. There you go. But is he going to be on the pitch or even at the club to do it? That's the question. In that in that case, if we've still got Melier, uh, <laughs> no, we've seen we've seen we've seen John Joe Shelby take a free kick against him. That is true. Um, I guess before we move on, it's like I think when Marsh came in, he kind of made a big point about set pieces. I've not heard anything about Farker in that in that frame, or I don't know anything like. I'm looking at you here, Martin, because I think you might have probably watched the most of Fark's teams. Like, are the set pieces anything they're known for? Not particularly. Um, it's not something which I saw much from, from watching, and I also something I also looked at specifically the amount of chances which they created from set pieces. Obviously, they were quite high in the league because they did were they were quite dominant. But um, just compared to the amount of goals that was scoring from open play, it wasn't a very large proportion of them. So. No, I don't think, and I think also that Norwich side probably had more aerial threats than what we did. Players like um, Grant Hanley, who was fantastic in the air, I think he's another one player. Yeah, Jordan had. Rhodes as well, didn't they? Yeah, Jordan Rhodes as well. Yeah, so, and also Timu Puki was pretty good with a header as well, even though he wasn't the tallest guy. So yeah, they had a fair few threats there, and it wasn't something they really focused on. But they still did score the odd one here and there. But yeah, not really focused on set pieces. With that in mind, what would your answer to the question be then? Uh, set piece goals conceded just because we're leads and we're crap at set pieces. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I didn't really look into this one too much. Just have a feeling that this is a way that teams will look to hurt us. Um, that, that they'll try to expose that because maybe they may, may struggle to create big chances in open play. But set pieces is something which most sides can get good at as long as they've got some big guys at the back that can whip a ball in and get and get lucky that way. So I think it's a way that they will hurt us. It hurt us under Bielsa in both the seasons we were in the championship with Bielsa and I think it will probably do the same. Jacob? Similar motivation for the same answer as, as what Martin articulated. Like, a lot of teams, I imagine, will we will have the, the share of possession against and so therefore set pieces becomes an obvious avenue. And then, to me, it doesn't seem like we have loads of particularly strong aerial threats currently. Like Maybe that changes with how our recruitment is at right-sided centre-back. But like with with the rest of the players that we'd have have out on the pitch, you probably have like one or two particularly good headers of the ball out there, and then you suddenly start getting into territory of like relying on people like Luke Ayling. And I remember like even back to our first season in the Premier League, like him being too high up, like the the order of people in defensive set pieces was always a big problem. Yeah, I also have like some memory of that from the Championship for some reason of him like having to mark. I think it was Mitrovic. Like that, I don't know that really, that might be completely wrong. It just rings a bell in my mind that I was like, "What? How has that happened?" But yeah, I'm I'm going to agree that I think we'll concede more set piece goals just because I think it's more the personnel thing. I don't I don't know if it's I, d- I just don't think we've got the players at the club to like score those goals, and I, in the same vein, we don't have them to to sock, concede them. So I'm going to say say that as well. Question six then. So 
what will happen first? A game where Leeds lose by three or more goals or a game where Leeds win by three or more goals? Jacob, I'll come to you on this one. Perhaps controversially, I'm saying that we will lose by three goals first. Uh, my my reasoning is that it may take us a little time to like find like exactly sort of our attacking identity, particularly in games where we're looking to like break down large blocks. Of course, we could come up against some kind of stupid team who leave lots of space and we just kill them. But um, but I, I think it may we may find a little bit of time just to like get familiar with how how we approach playing against teams who sit a bit deeper. Whereas along with set pieces. The other, like the other, the other way I think that teams could kill us will be like direct counters, and and we know that we've we've been prone to it in various different ways under the di- different managers that we've had, and so you could get a few of those. I, it's not a Leeds game, but it reminds me of there was a game between Brighton and Everton at the end of last season where Everton were just killing Brighton on the counter repeatedly and repeatedly, and like something like that could happen. Was that the weird like five-one game where Everton won? think so yeah yeah that, that was, a, was one of those freak results that you get at the end of a season um martin what do you think on this one i think we'll uh, win a game by three goals um more because i think that we're gonna have more opportunity games where we will, should be able to do so and i think there'll be less games where teams should be able to score that many against us um so yeah i'm just more i'm just feeling pretty confident and I don't, I don't think that will happen but who knows it is leads but i am still gonna go with um sc- us scoring Three. What about you, Hosty? Yep. No, I've got win by three first as well. Yeah. Um. I just think we'll. There's enough worse teams in that opening lot that we should be beating one of them by three first. I think even if we aren't fully gelled. See, I am going to agree with Jacob on this one and say that we can we lose by three first. Not mainly because not because I'm being negative, but. Well, I am. I guess I'm being negative, but it's, it's more. I think because it'll take us a while to get sort of get our how we're playing together and get Fark to get us properly sorted. I think there'll be a, there's more opportunity early in the season for us to be conceding free, and I think it could end up switching sort of midway midway through the season where I think we're more likely to, to uh, win by three. That's my only reasoning for uh, it. I, I guess I guess that's what happened to Fark's Norwich Farkas Norwich when they got promoted. We beat them three nil down at their place and then they went on and romped the league right so beat us 3-1 at Ellen Road didn't they yeah so I guess it's not by three goals but it, it felt like it on that on that day from memory it, I think the goal was like 87th minute anyway was Bamford's goal in that game so yeah I think they, they kind of stopped playing haven't they at that point Um, next question then so what will happen first another one of those questions a red card for a Leeds player or a loss to one of the three teams promoted from League One. And it's been noted here, if both happen in the same game, all podders lose. I guess in that thing, like, you could have a red card in that game, which would have happened before we lose that game. But I'm not going to argue. What if neither happen? All podders lose. Yeah. All podders win. <laughs> <laughs> if You can vote for that to happen if you want, but you're taking a long shot. Um, Hostia, I'll come to you first on this one then. Um, yeah, in in a weird way, contrary to what I've also just said, uh, yeah, I think we're going to lose to a promoter team first, which basically means it's going to be Ipswich or Sheffield Wednesday in those two games back-to-back uh, in the opening five, or November the 11th, we then have to go without a red card and then lose to Plymouth. Um, but yeah, I think 
essentially, my point is we lose one nil to Ipswich and then we beat Sheffield Wednesday three nil, and that's kind of where those <laughs> that that's like that ideal of me getting these correct. <laughs> Very good. I, um, I guess with, with the, the way we're playing, like under under Marsh, it was always about the intensity, which led to a few rash challenges and more likely to be red cards. Whereas I don't know, with Fark with like a more sort of, I've, I'm, I'm leaning towards more like being more dominant possession wise. That are we less likely to get red cards this year as, as like being a dominant team in the championship? What, what would what would any of you say on that one? Um. I'm not sure that's something I've ever, ever really looked up. I, th- I think it's possible for even dominant sides to pick up as many red cards as teams who aren't dominant. I think it's mainly because of the, the individuals you've got in the, in the side who are more likely to, to pick, pick them up or not. That's the only thing I could, I, I could say on that. Yeah, I don't know if there's a link between the team being more dominant or not, but like you, always, I don't know. It always feels like bigger clubs get less... Well, not bigger clubs, but like... Teams further up get less red cards because they're less in the position to get them. I don't know. There's, there might be absolutely nothing in that. It's just um, just a link that might not even be there. Um, M- Martin, what what do you think on this question then? Oh, it's a tough one was this, but I, th- I just went for a loss to one of the three promoted sides. Um, just because I'm feeling confident overall doesn't mean that we're still not League United. So <laughs> there's always that possibility with us and... Like I said before, um, about the people people who are going to pick up red cards, I don't see many players in our team who are a red card waiting to happen, at least ones who are going to be playing regularly. Obviously, Liam Cooper has historically had those moments where he can he can get a random red card. We all remember where he got sent off against City. and But I don't think he'll be playing as often as Pascal Strauch, so, and, and he's not someone who is super aggressive, other than that one time where he got sent off for the... Challenge on Harvey Elliott, which wasn't his fault. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a red card. But yeah, I just don't see us picking up many red cards. Maybe one, but hopefully not towards the start of the season. <laughs> Jacob, yeah, I, I I follow that logic, particularly as well with certain other players who might be a bit more aggro. Uh, either being injured in the case uh, early on in the season injured this is with Adams and maybe Junior Furpo who who knows what he'll do and and then Verba as well um going out is another more naturally aggressive defender i mean again this could depend on recruitment at right center back if we the a different kind of player there could be someone who's more angry but um but no i w- I, w- I would go with the promoted team as well and particularly because we're playing Ipswich so early and you ha- you have to think that Kieran McKenna is the manager is maybe able to think about a solution to to what we're like. And I don't know so much about Plymouth, I, I will admit, but certainly Kieran McKenna, I think, is someone who could pose as a problem. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree on the promoted team beating us first, just just because you like to say those um, got what Ipswich early and uh, Sheffield Wednesday early, like you said, Hosty. Um, and yeah, I completely agree what you've all said on the personnel thing, and we've. Yeah, but we don't know if someone like Adams will be here either, so we'll, we'll see. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. 
But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Next question then. So we're sort of moving away from the overarching themes of Leeds United and more towards sort of looking at like the defence and the attack and specific players. So a bit of a staple under over question this one. Will the amount of games missed by senior centre-backs through injury be over or under the goals we concede at Ellen Road? Martin, what do you think on this one? Uh, this was also a, what, one which was a, a pretty tough one to answer and I changed my mind on this. I wrote one, quite, one answer down there and then wrote something else down. Um, I think we'll concede a fair amount both home and away and Farkas' sides aren't the most solid defensively. Um, that's probably the weakest part of of his tactics is defensively, and I think other than Liam Cooper, we don't have a load of injury prone centre backs. So I'm I'm going to go with the amount of goals we concede at Ellen Road. I think it's worth um, clarifying who we're we defining as a senior centre back here. What well, Cooper, Strouk, Cooper, Strouk, um, and then whoever we bring in for right centre back. I don't think Cresswell will be one of those, and yeah. What we've traditionally done with this before has always been like two, like two centre backs on either side. So I think the sort of through logic of this would include Cresswell okay. if Cresswell stays. Yeah. Okay, so that's fair. Uh, so Cresswell and then whoever we bring in at right centre back. Yeah, I guess Cooper is. I don't know. Is he fairly injury prone at this point in his career? Whereas Strauk. I don't know too much about Creswell's injury record, actually. I guess he's... I mean, I'm assuming he's young and fit, because that's what he's supposed he to be. He missed a few games last season because I think he got smashed in the face at one point and damaged his orbital socket Socket at one point. He had a quite a bag knot to his eye. Yeah, that'll do pr- it. Pr- yeah, because he's a pretty aggressive centre-back, so I guess he could pick up a few knocks like that here and there. Um, but I think Cooper is obviously, obviously the one to watch out for. But... I don't think we should be relying on him too often, so hopefully his fitness should stay all right. But we'll see how that goes. But either way, I think we'll still probably concede between 20 and 30. So that's a fair amount of games for a centre-back to be missing. So yeah, I've I've gone with um, goals conceded at Ellen Road. Yeah, that, and then we can assume it's Nat Phillips as well, and he managed to avoid whichever plague it was that killed all the other Liverpool Liverpool centre backs a few years ago. <laughs> so I'm going to assume he's not going to ever, ever be injured if he if he plays for us. Um, I think it's it's a good time. I don't know. Whilst we're on this question, to sort of talk about the state of the centre backs we're in. So like we mentioned, we've got two. Well, we're assuming Weber's on the way out. Two more senior left centre backs, and then Cresswell on the right, and that's it. So Hosty, what do you make of that? How many players do you want to see come in, if any? Yeah, it's um, it's a tough one. I, I'm happy with Creswell to be a backup and let him kind of blend in. But if we bring in two right centre backs and don't don't leave Creswell around, basically, like he needs he needs to play. Um, whether that's with us or somewhere else. Obviously, we could potentially make Creswell first choice, and then you've got Ailing 
who can play centre-back too. And if, let's say, we bring in Byron, that then gives you that flexibility of a backup, one player as a backup for left-back and right-back. If we're really trying to save money so that we can go out and get a Joel Perot at whatever he's been quoted at, 15 to 20 million. Um, but I think I'd rather see a right centre-back who's got a bit more experience. We've been linked with a right-back, a right centre-back from Young Boys, who isn't the right centre-back from Young Boys that we scouted in the scouting pods. <laughs> um, instead, this one, he, I think he's 19. I can't remember his name. Is it Amenda? I think his name is. And he's only 19. So. So, yeah, and he's only 19. And so bringing in a 19-year-old to be your senior right centre-back just it seems a bit dangerous when your backup is then going to be a 20, 21-year-old who's come through the academy and probably expecting to kick on as your first choice as well. Um, so yeah, I think I want to see someone who's got that profile of like a 24 to 28 year old and has played decent minutes come in at right centre back. Um, like Nat Phillips, I guess, you know, and then I'd probably be happy with Creswell as the backup there. And what, what would your answer to the question be? Uh, my answer is I don't think we're going to concede 20 to 30 goals like what my answer, I think we're probably going to concede between 15 and 20. And yeah, I think like even as an average of say your four defenders are injured for five games each, that's twenty there. So I've gone, I've gone centre backs. So you're saying we're conceding less goals? Yeah, at, uh, we're going to see. Yeah, less. Yeah, we're going to con- more There's going to be more. Missed. Yeah, more games missed through injury by centre backs. Yeah, nice one. What about you, Jacob? I think with this one before, what's always really like amped the number up with the centre-back injuries has been the presence of multiple like heavily injury-prone centre-backs, and we are now down to one, although it really would still be leads to move on Victor Orta and then buy another injury-prone centre-back. Um, I agree with Hosty that I don't think we're going to concede as many at home as Martin, as Martin intimated, but I think I retain a level of confidence in Strauch, Cresswell, to not pick up a, enough injuries that it will probably just sneak just under. And so we will concede um, more goals than centre-backs will miss games. Cool. Hoss, did you have something to say there? Yeah, my, my other thought is if you've got an injury for one week at times, that's going to be two games this season. So that was also a part of... Oh, that's that true. Was also part of like, that is true. I think in towards that. I wish to petition to change my that's answer. That's fine. We'll allow it. It's, oh, cause it's it's changed my answer already on the spot. <laughs> I didn't dig for like that. Yeah, because like you could have what you could miss ten days and miss three games quite easily, which adds up pretty quickly. Even if you, I do, yeah, I do think we'll. In terms of like actual time missed, I think we'll the centre backs will miss less because of someone like Diego Llorente not being in. Cock was all seemed to be always injured for some reason. Uh, and then with, despite not being injury prone, I really don't think he was. Yeah, he just—I don't know. Like, yeah, he just happened to get those injuries, didn't he? Though he just got big get. injuries, didn't he? Yeah, that seemed to be like a month or two, and then he'd play on either side for two months. And m- most players just got like a week knock, and then would play, or maybe get and get that every three weeks. Whereas he was getting big layoffs in that sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I think hopefully less games, Mister Centre Backs, this year. And well, yeah. Whilst I'm, I'm I haven't really decided where I stand on the actual number of goals we concede, but I think this is going to be one of the ones where I'm perhaps going to try and be more optimistic and hope that we concede less goals this this season at home, or and away as well, but specifically at home for this question. So I, I am going to say centre-backs games miss through injury as well. 
question nine then. So will Patrick Bamford's goal tally be under or over the amount of yellow cards Tyler Adams accrues? Now, I'm going to make a note here that if Tyler Adams leaves in the summer window, we're going to replace him with Ethan Ampadu. That, um, so I, I've sprung that on you at the last minute, but that you're going to have to just roll with it. Jacob, what are you going for on this one? Completely devoid of my usual logic, I am going to back Pat Bamford. Because, you know what? Winning isn't everything. It's easy to say that when you've won twice, isn't it? <laughs> this, is, this is the Darren school of this quiz. Um, I just want Pat to have a great season. Literally, I'm sure that's exactly what Darren said one time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has said that pretty much word for word as well, actually. Yeah. I, I will agree that I would I would want Pat I want I want Pat to have a nice season. I just I think he might be broken and beyond repair. So I'm going to use this opportunity to try and catch up on Jacob and say yellow card for whichever player of those two we end up using in this question. Uh, Mart Martin, <laughs> who, who, what are you going for? I'm going for Pat Bamford. I can't help but dip my toe into Bamford Island for into the beach at Bamford Island for one last time. Um, yeah, and also because. I've got a feeling that Adams is going to go, and Ethan Ampadu hasn't had more than two yellow. Sorry, Ashley, I'm looking at the wrong wrong thing. Ignore me. I'm not going to say how many he's had. Just so it won't influence you. <laughs> if, that, if that was two yellow cards in like his eight games at Leipzig, <laughs> no, no, he actually. I'll tell say he picked up ten yellow cards last season at Spezia and th- and th- thirteen yellow cards at Venezia. But we he, we are going to be a more possession dominant side than what they will have been. So that number should go down. But yeah, I'm still going to stick by Bamford, even if it does screw me over in the predictions. Who did, did it, was it one of you that tweeted today about something about Bamford Island? And I don't, it might not be in someone else, but they're saying since, since we were in the championship, there's been three earthquakes on the island. It was, um, oh, what's his name from the NT20 Yeah, Ali Maxwell podcast. tweeted yeah. saying yeah. that he's on Bamford Island. And I think Adam responded or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, which I've had, it did make me laugh, not going to lie. Hosty, what about you on this one? Uh, I've got Pat, and I've been very, very accurate and said it's going to be Pat by one. Ooh. I'll tell you what, we'll give you double points. if You if you get you get two points if, it's, if that's correct. I'll put a note on there, two points. If it's exactly one in Pat's favour. If Hosty is correct. Plus one in Bamford's favour. Yeah. We're, whilst, whilst we're on the topic of Pat then so I guess you're all wishing him a better season do do we think that's realistic not like you no because I'm I'm wanting to win the game this year I want to stop, <laughs> stop Jacob's streak um, we're all wishing Pat to have a better season even though I didn't go for that in my questions but wh- where wh- what do you think is realistic for Pat this season Martin uh, well I would like him to, to be fit and play lots of games and but I also think we do need to bring in a striker. It's something that we've needed for a long time, and it's something that we'll con- we do continue to need is someone who can score goals regularly. But I still do still think that Bamford will still play a fair amount of games. It's a long season, and he will get used, and he could easily score goals off the, off the bench. It's possible. So even if he's not being used as a backup, I still back him to be able to score some. And people are probably gonna gonna mock me for it, but. Spamford, I love the guy. Yeah, I just, I, well, I, w- I want him to do well, but I think I would like to not have to rely on him to do well, as we have done in the past two years, where he's felt like his fitness was pr- quite essential to how we played. So, yeah, if we get another striker in, that would be very nice. Thank you very much. Mm. 
Question 10 then. So which will be higher, the amount of unique goal scorers for Leeds this season or the amount of unique goal assisters for Leeds this season? Hosty, I'll come to you. Uh, yep, I've gone goal scorers based on that. I think we've got a lot of players who are in the forwards at least and there's players who could leave and then be replaced as well. So they could make appearances, score goals before we even end the transfer window and that sort of thing. Um I did think when I, I've just remembered, I thought about set piece goals and stuff and like headers and that's how we'll get defenders and maybe scrambles that don't pick up assists. Uh, but then I've said like, we're not going to score many from set pieces, but I'll, I'll still go with the, uh, I'm still happy to go with scorers. Would you agree, Martin? Yep. I'm with um, Fossey on that. I, it was a tough one though. And I think it is very dependent on Louis Sinistera. I think he could be the one who is contributes a lot to assist so if he was to play regularly I think he would pick up quite a lot of assists um, but I do think that I'd just lean towards goal scorers because I think we have potential to have goals spread around a fair bit whereas I don't see one player who is I don't see multiple people who are going to be assisting loads of goals I think it's potentially going to be Dan, Dan Sinney when he, if he does play a lot so yeah goal scorers for me What about you Jacob? It's goal scorers as well, and set pieces was a, a big part of that logic for me because the number of players you would expect to score from set pieces, even if we don't necessarily score oodles and oodles of goals, is probably more than the number of people who are going to be assisting set pieces as well. You'll probably have nominated set piece takers. Like if we keep Harrison, for example, once he's back from injury, then he'd likely be taking a lot of them, for example, and Greenwood, presumably, if he's playing around. As, uh, although I agree with the face that Tom uh, Hosty Cundell has made that sadly none of you will get to see. Um, the other thing as well again as Hosty kind of alluded to is not every goal has an assist. Right? You get scrambles, you get high, pressure, high pressures, you get things that mean that an assist isn't registered but every goal has a scorer and so, well, except own goals and, um, and anything scored by Dan James who I refuse to recognise as a football player and um, yeah, so that's my reasoning. Yeah, I've just had a quick look, and we had sixteen different scorers last year, and I can't find assist stats quick and quickly enough. But sixteen seems quite a high number, so I'm going to go um, agree with all of you and say I think we have we have a lot of players that can score goals. So quite happy to agree on that one. Um, next question then. So you've you've kind of touched on this a little bit already, Martin. So I'll come to you back to you on this one. Uh, question 11. Which Will Leeds United's average championship possession be over or under the amount of key passes, so that's a pass preceding a shot, that Lewis Sinistera completes per FP ref? I'm glad you included this. This was one which we um, weren't sure if it was maybe too niche, even for, for us. Yeah, why um, not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but first of all, just a quick note about on the last question. There was 15 unique assisters last Ooh. season. So it's very close. So this, that one could be a good one. Um, uh, but regards to this question, um, it was a tough one because a lot of it varies on Sinister's fitness. And I ended up saying average possession, as I think Sinny will end up with just short of the possession numbers. I think Farks, Norwich were averaging around 56%, 57%. So it'd be a fair few to, for him to pick up, especially if he's not playing every game. He averaged around one9 per 90 um, last season. So if he's playing 
loads of games, then he'll easily smash that. But if he's not playing loads of games, then he'll come up short. So yeah, I just went with possession. Yep. So I've just done on my on my calculator on my phone that if he to, to equal that, he would have to play well to to exceed that, he would have to play thirty games in the in the championship the uh, next year, which. With his injury record from last season, I guess probably seems unlikely. But if it, even if he plays half the games in the championship, we'll probably be talking about. I think we could talk about one of the best championship seasons of all time. Be one of these. <laughs> be one of those players in like five years' time that'd be like a streets don't forget player, won't he? That's like that you see like band around on some weird Twitter account. And then they get placed in like eleventh place of the best championship players of all time by the second tier podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. Referring to Pablo Hernandez there. Yeah, being tenth, that yeah. was criminal. He should have easily been in the top three, easily. Oh, definitely. Where was Ross McCormack? Out of interest, he was fifth, fifth, yeah, or fifth or fourth, think, or yeah. something. Which right. is fair because he did it for yeah. more than just us as well. In that sense, I guess well, that may have so, played a part. He did keep us up as well, didn't he? Um, <laughs> um, back on track then. Uh, Hosty, your thoughts on Sinister next year? Um, yeah, I've I've gone Sinny uh, by a whisker. Basically, is what what I've typed when I've typed it out. Uh, I think we're probably going to average around about fifty four, fifty five, and yeah, like if he's doing two one point nine, which was what you said he was last season per ninety, I think in in the group, yeah. and um, and yeah, it's only that he's got to complete like twenty nineties to get that, or twenty five nineties. So it doesn't have to be that he's done twenty five games. He doesn't have to play full games. He just he could like come off after forty five minutes, come off after sixty, and still have twenty five to thirty nineties in his in his bank if we can manage his fitness. And so yeah, I think by like a whisker, it will be. I'm talking like point one of a. He'll be on fifty four. We'll be on fifty four point nine percent. That sort of thing. I'll give you three points if it's by zero point one. <laughs> if it's by zero point one, there we go. Happy days. If I win on all my technical, if I win on all my technicalities of precision. <laughs> Jacob, what about you on this one? I'm going for Cine as well. Uh, and I reckon partly this is like because his productivity is likely to scale up in the championship as well. So uh, obviously it's been good to sort of reference against what he's been doing so far, but it will probably even not have to be as many games as that, even because I expect his his contributions to be just higher based on the style of play that we'll adopt relative to the rest of the division. So I'm going to go against the rest of you and say we're going to have more possession mainly on the basis that it's not being considered if Sinister is even going to be here next year it's looking likely at the moment but there's a pretty decent chance that he doesn't even play a game for Leeds in this, well not a decent chance but he might, he might not play more than a handful of games for Leeds this season in which case it, possession will win by an absolute landslide so I'm, I'm going to take the opportunity to go for possession Mainly because we're trying to play the game. 60 chan- when he creates 60 chances against Cardiff, gets sold, and then we finish with 58%, 59.9% possession. <laughs> <laughs> I also said, um, B, I also said, Fleshing oh. as well. So it's me and you on that one. Nice. Dreams, yeah. Dream team. Uh, question 12, then I'll come to you, Hosty. Which will be higher? The total goal contributions, so that's goals and assists, for, to be, just be clear. Of Jorginho Rutter or the first team match league starts for Joe Geldhart. Uh yeah, I've gone I've gone Rutter on this. Um or Rutter. Uh yeah. I I don't know what what Gelhart's gonna be this year. Uh, I'm not sure if he's 
going to even be here. I know that the club have obviously kind of pushed him in some media sort of context, but they did that when Verba came back to training as well. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've not watched either of the uh, pre-season games, so I don't know exactly what role he's sort of played, if he's played. Um, but yeah, I'm not entirely sure what he's going to be, so I don't know how much he's going to start at all, really. Um, he's probably a player that we could make some money off and I, I wouldn't like it. I want to see him be successful, obviously. I want him to be successful at Leeds, but I don't know where that's going to fit in when I think about where I'd like to see Gelhart play and I think about where I'd like to see Rute play, especially in this context. It's both on it's in the same position on the right-hand side as a right wide forward um, cutting in. So, yeah, I've, I've gone Rute's goals and assist. So, yeah, I have to touch on Gelhart there, Martin, but I know you're you're pretty big on on Rutter, so how do you think he's going to do this year? I think he's going to do very well. Um, people have been reading a lot into these opening two games, but both were against pretty good opposition, to be fair. Um, Man United and Monaco are both good sides, and I don't think we can read too much into that, and we forget the level of most championship sides um, is a lot lower than what the Bundesliga was, and he did very well in the Bundesliga in pretty limited minutes, to be to be honest, and I think he's going to do quite well. And conversely to that, I don't think that Gelhart will get very many starts. Um, he may get, get a lot of minutes off the bench if, if he even does end up staying. I think there is still potential for him to be loaned out again, or even sold. Um, I'm not sure which one I prefer about that. I do like Gelhart, but his skill set is quite specific, and it's going to be difficult for us to find a place for him because the skill set he's got is as good as a striker playing alongside another striker, and that isn't something which Farker uses. He doesn't use two strikers. Or, failing that, I think he's best as, like what Horsey said, a right forward, right side forward, right winger, whatever you want to call it. And I don't think he'll start over the options that we have on, on the wing, on, on the right side. So the other options are obviously Ruta himself, and Sinistera has played on the right side against Monaco not long ago. And then you've got other players who can play there as well. Jack Harrison, when he returns from injury, if, if he ends up staying. So there's just too much competition, I think, for him to get regular starts. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Ruta. What about you, Jacob? I um, I agree with with both of your answers. Like There is that sort of almost metaphysical question of what is Joe Gelhart there? And, and my answer to that, in in a very positive way, is an impact substitute. Like in in other sports, like particularly I think in baseball, when you've think, got things like relief pitchers and stuff, there are like there are like people whose roles it is in a squad to come on and like have an impact later on in the game when people are tired. And Joffe has done that for us very creditably in the Premier League in the past. And it's not a bad thing to have people doing that. It's not obviously the perfect thing for his minutes and his development, sure, but. I, I think that's a, an area where he can have a real positive contribution for us. And I would go along with everything that has been said, both about his skill set and positions and about Ruta by both the others. I'm also going to say Ruta. And I'll, yeah, I would only be echoing what you've all said about Gelta and, and Ruta so far. I think for, on like a selfish point of view, I'd rather have Gelta at the club, mainly from what you said, Jacob, like someone that you can bring on and you know will make a difference or try and make something happen. Whereas... Maybe for his development, he probably does need consistent minutes in like one position. I, th- I think at Sunderland last year, probably, well, whilst the minutes will have done him well, it wasn't 
a position that I think suits him. So I think if he could get minutes elsewhere in, I don't know, as a second striker or off the off the uh, right wing, I think it might do him. It might be better in the long run for him. But yeah, selfishly, I think I'd say I'd, I'd rather keep him here. And I think I think there would still be enough minutes for him here in some capacity, depending on which wingers stay. Because yeah, like you say, Harrison could go, Sinistera could go. Um, so yeah, it's a difficult one. I'd, I'd, I don't know what the right answer is. It, we're looking at like looking at what is the best for Geldhart and Leeds at this time. But I'm sure we'll get that in the next month. But yeah, like I'm going to go for Rutter. Is that have we all said that across the board? Cool. Um, final question then. So this is I came up with this morning. I was very proud of myself when I came up with it. Um, so this is the number. The question is number of minutes combined for Archie Gray, Darko JB, and Lewis Bates in the league. Or the number of minutes in total of all stats aren't we review pods in the 23 24 season? Jacob, have you actually done some calculations on this or have you absolutely vibed it? I have absolutely Lovely. vibed it. Uh, if I if I had had more time, I would have done calculations, but you only sent us these questions this morning, Tom. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm. See, I'm I'm reeling from the fact that I can't control my own ability to win this three times <laughs> in a row, and um, except I can because I can come on all these podcasts and talk forever <laughs> about. Uh, we'll get we'll get the ring just editors about, in like, just to cut it all out all the time. <laughs> He's gonna filibuster. He'll I'll filibuster edit all the it. I know. I'm editing. I'll edit all of them. It. I'll edit all of them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'll channel my inner Strom Thurmond, except uh, that's a reference for all of you fans of racist American politicians out there. Yeah, see, I might be hosting these pods, Jacob, so I can just, like, absolutely kill them, make them, like, five minutes, and then if I if I was wanting to win. <laughs> <laughs> we lost. Bye. Uh, go on, Jacob. What, 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 yeah. So my answer is review pods. Um, for uh, I guess it's almost like a pessimistic thought about I'm not sure, particularly with Lewis Bate, how much time he's actually going to get. I'd like to see him get a lot of minutes, but the way things have sort of gone so far don't necessarily augur so well for him. And we know that we'll be here consistently doing an hour every week. And if, if we have if we keep Adams, if we have Ampadu, if we recruit another senior midfielder, which is being talked about a lot, then it just limits the amount of time that these players can come on. And they aren't the players that you naturally necessarily always bring off in a game unless they're tired all the time like Mark Rocker was. You more naturally replace attacking players. And so, yeah, let's go with review pods. What about you, Hosty? Yeah, I, I did some calculations, even though this did come late in the day. Um, so I, <laughs> no! I, I decided that if all three stay, they probably get around 25 90s together, um, which isn't that many games. It's sort of here and there. That worked out to be 2,250 minutes between them. I then, as Jacob alluded to, average of an hour a pod sort of thing, 60 minutes for the reviews. So divided that by that, and that came out with... So I had a number in my head of how many pods I think we're going to do as review pods based on the season, which was 38. And when I divided 2,250 by 60, it gave me... 37 and a half. Um, <laughs> so I am going with, especially regarding it kind of looks like Bates third in that order, so he might get another loan out of those three. Uh, I am going with review pods as well. 
I do like the calculations you've done there. That that was very satisfying. What about you, Martin? Yeah, it's like shame. you you've you you've absolutely vibed that. Like no <laughs> you're you're like Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer and Hostie's like Pep Guardiola here. Or um, um, or like Oh, oh yeah. no, take that's, that. That's back. that's the sort of the way the way we're going here. Oh. You've done him dirty. You've done him yeah. dirty. But I can't I can't disagree with it either at the same time. <laughs> um my answer is I have gone for minutes for Grey, JB and Bate. And my logic for this is the review pods are going to be just review pods. They're only going to be roughly between twenty-five to thirty minutes long, so that will change the calculations a that, lot. That's only if it. That's only if it's per game. Yeah. If we so, end up having to do, if we end up having to do like a couple of others that are more, I, I'm I'm still confident. Okay. So I, my, by my calculations, roughly we'll do about forty review pods. Forty review pods times thirty minutes is twelve hundred minutes. So that's only a, what around thirteen starts roughly combined between all three of those players. So, yeah, I'm going with um, Gray, Jabby, and Gray because I think Gray is going to p- play quite a lot of minutes. I've been quite impressed with him in, in the preseason games that I've seen so far. So I'm betting on Gray getting the most out of those minutes. I don't think Bate will get maybe as many. I think Bate could end up being loaned out again, potentially. And I think JB will also see a fair few minutes. And so, yeah, I'm going to go with minutes rather than review pods even though we will be machines but since it is just the review pod minutes that's what's swayed it for me and i'm glad taldo worded it yeah. exactly in that way which i'm sure he did on purpose yeah so yeah the, 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 we'll have a bit more information on why i was supposed to be so specific on review pods in a second but my answer finally so i have also gone minutes I've gone slightly longer on the pod length than you did, Martin. I've said forty minutes for a for a review podcast, but sometimes we can we can amble on a bit, can't we? If it's an interesting game, and sometimes I think this season in particular we'll have to do a some double header reviews because there'll be the Saturday Tuesday turnaround, and we won't be able to pod so quickly. And on so on those players, yeah, I think I could see like Gray and JB getting a, um, a fair few minutes. I think Bate could. Probably more likely to be loaned out, but we'll see. But I think I had it as they needed to get like 1890s between them, which sounded doable to me in a championship season. So I went for minutes over um, review pod lengths. So that brings to an end our under over season preview. Hopefully, one of us has done enough to manage to knock Jacob off his perch, but if. If we haven't, then he's just not invited back next year, and that's how we'll win because we've run out of ideas. But, I mean, he can always he can always blame the <laughs> fact that I came up with most of the questions if I end up winning and he loses, if if he likes. He, he's got an automatic excuse. To be fair, there. I did come up with most of the questions the last two years. <laughs> so the news that we've been hinting at this week, and um, with the just being very specific about the review pods, is that we're happy to announce that we'll be restarting the Patreon, the All Stats Are We Patreon this year. So we're just going to give you guys a bit of information on what we're providing and we hope that you can sign up and contribute to us so we can give you some more content because everyone wins that way. So we'll have three tiers on our Patreon. So it'll be the Berra tier at one ninety nine, the Click tier at three ninety nine, and the Pablo tier at four ninety nine. So the Berra tier, which is the, the cheaper one, is ju- it's more of a small contribution to the pod just to say like more of a thank you just to support the pod and uh, allow us to make more content for you guys and then with the click the click tier so next season we will be moving 
the like a, the early release of our preview pods to the Patreon. So just to give an example, if there's a game on the Saturday, we will record the preview and the rev- review separately on the Monday, and we will release the review on the free-to-stream as it is now, but the preview will only go out on the Patreon on, on the Monday as soon as it's recorded. And then we will release the previews on free to stream if you still if you don't want to contribute to the Patreon, that's fine. But that'll be just twenty four hours before the game. But if you want them earlier, that'll be um just on the Patreon with that tier. And we'll with that tier as well, we we'll hoping to bring back the opposition previews, which John used to do for um back a couple of seasons ago because we know they were popular, but it's just we we feel we want to pay contributors when they they come on the pod and do that for us so this is the way we think we can do that and we'll probably we'll start by doing that for bigger games if the the interest is there and then finally the pablo tier so that's everything you've I've mentioned so far but it's just extra pods and articles that we will bring you f- um throughout the season so the pods we're looking at trying to bring back the 21s pod um if there's enough interest in that and then other articles like scouting articles or um, don't know, like stuff, tactical stuff that we spotted throughout the season. Just um, anything really that we think's interesting. And if you join the Pablo tier straight away, there's already something on there from Martin, which he's written as like something to launch the Patreon by. So, Martin, do you want to just give us a quick preview of what you've put on there? Yeah, of course. Um, it's tied into the um, scouting episode which we did over the summer. Um, so this first article is basically about the first pod which we did, which was um, central midfielders and defensive midfielders. So I'm just going to be talking in more detail about the options which I scouted, and also Adam has wrote some some information about the pl- player he well, one of the players that he scouted, uh, Gustavo Hammer, which um, if that's a potential a player who we ha- are still interested in, I would imagine. So a potential player that we could sign later in the window because he hasn't left Coventry yet. So it's quite possible that we do still sign him. There'll also be some information about the tactical side of things, about where these players will fit in under Daniel Farker and what sort of jobs they that he'll be wanting them to do in the side. So it'll just give, basically give you a little, a little bit of an insight into Farker's tactics as well. After we, did, we already did the pod earlier in the summer about managers and Farker was one of the options that we talked about on there and uh, this will give you some further information from that as well there's some little clips there from players who have, I, I was looking at and also some basic visual, visualizations about what their stats are like so there's a whole bunch of stuff on there if you enjoy long form content which I hope you'll all enjoy yeah sounds good so yeah if that's your thing that's that's on the Pablo tier already otherwise if you uh, join the Patreon then We'll have our first preview going out early next week for the Cardiff game. Uh, the link for that Patreon, so it's a different link from the two we've used before, just to not confuse you. So it's patreon.com slash A-S-A-W Patreon. Uh, the link is on our Twitter page, so you can find it there. Uh, but that's me done rambling about the Patreon now. So we will be back next week, like I said, with a Cardiff preview. But until then, I will say thank you to Hosty. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to Martin. Thank you very much, Talder. Thank you to Jacob. No worries. Cheers, and Tom. thank you all for listening. Bye. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.